0: Presentation Skills for Design Students, Episode 7. Hit it! Hello and welcome to Presentation Skills for Design Students. My name's Christina Canters, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping design students everywhere improve their presentation and communication skills doesn't matter if you do industrial design, architecture, applied arts, maybe you build Lego houses in your parents' garage. It doesn't matter. There's something we can all do to become confident, creative communicators. So get ready to take your next presentation to a whole new level. Hi everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm very excited about today's show because I am chatting with the one and only Manuel Pineda, the Colombian architect, design comp guru, and guitar extraordinaire whose design prowess has taken Melbourne by storm since his arrival in this fabulous city only a few years ago. But first, I have a quick question for you. Do you remember having an aha moment at school, college, or university when you learned a really important lesson? Maybe it was an inspiring piece of advice from a teacher, or maybe your lecturer caught you sleeping in class, or maybe you sliced your finger off during an all-night model-making session. Whatever it is, I would love to hear your story from studio. All you need to do is just go to dot slash story and record your message there. Now, if you get a bit stuck for words, just get a friend to ask you some questions to prompt you, like, like a mini 60, like it's a mini 60-second interview. And remember, the more you practice doing these sorts of things, the easier it will get. Now, usually I share a listener's story at the start of each episode. But for today, I asked Manuel to think of a story from his time at university. So you'll hear that during the interview, which we will jump into right about now. Today's special guest is my good friend, Manuel Pineda. For those of you who don't know Manuel, he, together with his colleague and friend Eduardo Velasquez, won the People's Choice Award in the Flinders Street Station Design Competition. Now this was an international competition to rejuvenate and restore Melbourne's iconic Flinders Street Station. Out of the 118 entries received, they were shortlisted in the final six and the other five were from big architectural firms from Australia and overseas. So this is this was just an absolutely remarkable achievement. And not only this, they, they won the People's Choice Award by a mile. And this was determined by 19,000 public votes from all around the world. How incredible is that? So you can check out all the entries at voteflindersstreet.com.au And that's street spelt with an ST, So it's like voteflindersst.com.au. I know a bit confusing. But anyway, I'll put a link in the show notes for that. So that will be at designdrawspeak.com slash 007. Now, not only is Manuel super talented and passionate about design, he's also one of the most genuine, thoughtful and humble people I know. He's got great advice and lots of awesome stories to share. So I really hope you enjoy this interview. Manuel, thanks so much for joining me on the show today.
1: Thanks for having me, Christina. It's actually a pleasure to be here in your podcast today.
0: Have you listened to any of my episodes so far?
1: Uh, not so far. I've been reading your blog, to be honest, <laughs> uh, which is a lot. And actually, I like the last one you wrote about, like the life-changing experience, which oh. actually I kind of like, and I told you, which you know, actually was quite helpful because it helped me to give an advice to a friend of mine that uh, she was like having those stress, like, she was having trouble dealing with stress, so I told her about like the part of words and uh, changing into like I could, and like changing. They have to do it to I could do it, or you know stuff like that. Like taking taking the pressure off your back.
0: Well, for those of you listening who don't know what Manuel's talking about, he's referring to my blog, which is kipsandkale.com, dot uh, com. Which I don't know. I think it's on on the Design Draw Speak website somewhere there, but that's just a place where I blog about. Uh, how to not be stressed and other things. So mm. anyway, Manuel, we didn't come here to speak. You didn't come here to speak about my blog. Um, <laughs> so Manuel, can you just give us a brief overview of where you're from and and uh, and your journey so far in coming to Melbourne?
1: As you know, I'm uh, an architect from Colombia. I started studying architecture on 2003 and finished my architectural degree on 2007. And before I actually graduated, I worked in a construction and design company and worked there until 2011, when I decided to run away, basically, and uh, pursue, like, you know, as an architect, you basically need to travel and see what's outside of your city or your country. And um, what's actually, what better to do than actually, like, jumping onto the other side of the world, basically, that's for Australia, for us, is like the other side, it's, it's unknown. It's exciting. And then I actually wanted to leave, but I wanted to do something really productive. So I started doing my Master of Architecture. And uh, like actually, I just completed my Master of Architecture in 2012. My original plan was just to do the Master of Architecture and go back to Colombia because, as you know, I'm registered architect, architect there. But as many of you know, like the Flinders Street station happened. And as well, like on the long run, doing the master's degree, I realised like actually kind of want to see how more, how much I actually can get from uh, working and, uh, and like getting some more experience in Australia.
0: Can you give us a brief rundown of how you got involved in the Flinders Street competition?
1: Well, like as you know, um, Flinders Street, the, the original design came from Eduardo, at least the basic idea. That was his uh, thesis design idea when the, uh, competition actually opened when the original brief came, uh, because before that there was no brief, there was just like a draft of the brief. So when the brief came, um, Eduardo came to me and said, like, probably there's this thing, like chance in, to get into the competition and, uh, We are really used to the competitions in Colombia. It's actually something really common for us. You know, like most of the competitions in Colombia are open competitions. So we have done a couple, but uh, Eduardo and myself, we never worked worked together. So that would be actually quite an experience. And I say, okay, let's do it. Um, Something that uh, not, not a lot of people know is just like we almost quit two Two times, uh, like not submitting the the designer at the end. One is actually the date of the of the date of the inscription. Uh, got a call from Eduardo, like saying like uh, probably he couldn't do it. So actually, I had to insist to him and uh, his girlfriend support like support me as well in that in that stuff. Actually, trying to convince him at the end. Like we had to get into the competition because he actually wanted me to give me. The basic idea and uh, told, and told me to actually I just keep going with it and I say no I cannot do it without you like I like this is the two of us or this is not going. The other like the other major setback was a day before the first stage of mission, uh, we lost all, all the files Photoshop files there were nowhere and uh, so basically there was a lot of work that uh, was left to be done and uh, this happened around like 10 o'clock at night day before. And uh, somehow, actually, we managed to come ourselves and pull it together and uh, work the whole night. And uh, we just submitted and, and we just did it for the sake of the experience to do something for ourselves and probably something that uh, it will be on our portfolio. And, uh, and later, we found out that we got shortlisted. And the rest is basically what you saw on the news.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, to get shortlisted is an incredible achievement in itself. Tell what was it like after you won people's choice after that was announced?
1: After it was announced is um when we first got your listed we we pictured it was quite huge. We later realized it was huge when we found out about like the other companies We didn't know who the, were the other companies that got your listed until the names got got released uh, We then knew it was big, but we still were not like aware of how big it was like outside of the architecture world when we sorry when we the people's choice came and especially when the the six projects got released to the public that's when we realized the implications of the project because like basically the media was pretty much into it uh all the media was over us all the time like like this is amazing like we were basically the underdogs uh, they want to know where we come, where we came from uh how how we work for it uh we, they want to talk to our about our proposal and uh and the the people showed it happen at the end it meant a lot for us because people actually do care about architecture you know this got yeah. a lot of tension of, of it and uh and it started like an architectural discourse that it was just not an architectural discourse from market, it actually was an architectural discourse from uh from the citizens, like people that's using the station itself. And it started and and, and it became this like kind of a political issue as well, you know. And um and now like the government, the Napton government is seeing this project probably with a different eyes. Now seeing the on the the amount of attention this project got from uh from, from people from Melbourne and as well people from the from outside of Australia or outside from Melbourne.
0: Mm. Well, it definitely got a lot of worldwide exposure, and I read he, that I read that almost nineteen thousand people voted, which is pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we actually were joking about it because nothing actually came to us the day of the like we were, of 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 the ceremony when we were awarded the 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 people's choice, and he said like, "Look, you guys, like there were a lot of Colombians voting in there," and uh and then and, and Eduardo and I looked at ourselves and we said like. <laughs> Like, well, yeah, it's true, but like we've got a lot of votes, but there's like the amount of votes we got, like we don't have those many friends in Colombia, to be honest we don't, have, <laughs> we don't have we don't have a thousand friends in colombia like it's it's fairly not possible as well. there's actually people from the outside that like the design and vote for us, and they like the idea
0: i've seen you I've seen you guys present your project. I was just so impressed by your focus on how people use the scheme and, and interact with it rather than it being, you know, like this standalone, big, crazy sculptural, you know, mm. piece of piece of art and your passion just really showed through in your presentation. I mean, so wh- why, why is this, why is this so important?
1: Uni back in Colombia has to do a little bit of it, I guess, like it might be, I'm, Colombia used to be known as like probably one of the most violent countries in the world. Uh my city Medellín was probably that's, was the dangerous city in the world at uh back in the 90s, 80s. At the end of the 90s and throughout like like the 2000s and I know, all those years to come, you come through a massive transformation. And we we saw it, like we saw like the part of architecture what it can bring to you, like to, to a public space, or how it can change uh, an entire neighborhood if it's done properly, you know, It's architecture that is beautiful, is simple, and it fits it fits purpose, you know, and the people use it, and uh, it transforms. is is being used there, and uh, so we grew up seeing that, and uh, we end up calling it like social architecture, and the the meaning behind social architecture it is. That if a building is not used by it, the people, is basically is is worthless. Social sustainability basically is the first thing you have to have in mind when you're designing.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really good way also for students to stay enthused about their project, and uh, particularly for architecture students, if you find that you're sort of struggling for ideas, you know, think about think about the people that use it, and think about. Yeah, the, the stories that people can create and share as they use your building and I think that that would really yeah. help to um sort of inform your ideas and inform the design.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to tell, you know, like you you cannot you you can never tell how so how someone is going to use a building. Uh you can suppose you can guess, but uh probably the best thing you can do is actually offering offering them the options to do something. You know? No, no don't think of architecture as something sterile. But, like, you can think about, like, how how many possibilities I can give to someone or to anyone that's going to use the building.
0: Now, Manuel, I'd like to talk a little bit about the presentations that you've been giving as this, is, this podcast is all about presentation skills. Yeah. How, how was it different presenting to the media and to other architects and the jury as opposed to presenting – to your tutors and, and fellow students in a design presentation?
1: How different it is? Okay. Um, well, the, we have present. I don't know how many times we have presented already. Every time we're going to present, we want to know to which kind of audience we're presenting. It's not the same presenting to students. It's not the same presenting to architects that are already working there and they know the market. It's not the same presenting to engineers. You know, it's, it's different targets. So it, it, when you know who actually you're presenting to, you probably, the, the presentation structure is kind of the same, but like the opening to get to set the minds into the project is different. You know, you want to kind of like engage them in the project and uh, you, and later you kind of want to grab elements of of what you have presented before and uh, put it there. Like, for example, if I'm presenting uh, to a construction company like Acom, we try to have uh, a little bit of a structure, uh, the services we did for the project. Uh, but if we're presenting for uh, architects, then it's, it becomes more about like the architectural design, the architectural project itself. Presenting to the media, With we, we, it was more like questions and answers. But, how,
0: did to, you go, how did you go answering the questions from the media?
1: guess it went pretty, pretty well to be our first time actually to be in the media. <laughs> We try to be really, really concise with the, with the project, like how to explain it, how to sell it, and uh how to actually explain it in basically three lines. And it was clear for us from the beginning that it was a project for the people, and uh, that's basically what it is. it's actually, it's not a train station. This is more than a train station. It's a, it's a project where uh, it means a lot, a lot more to the city, and. Uh, that's how actually we started explaining the project to the media. Hmm. The first one that deal with the media was myself because at that at that point he was in New York, so I stay here dealing with the with all the stuff. At the beginning was quite nervous to deal with it, but um, what I did is actually I like pushed myself aside of everything and trying to calm myself before all the questions came.
0: How did you do and, that? Uh,
1: well, uh, it wasn't really called day and I was kind of crowded so it was really hard to find like a spot where I I can I could actually meditate so I just like literally just closed my eyes for like two minutes and uh t- took a deep breath and um and then and, uh, and then just calm myself basically and um and then trying to speak clearly which is sometimes it's really hard for me not being a natural English speaker but uh, I don't know. Like just, they just do the first question, and uh, if the first one went, the first answer went well, and then it just goes straight forward, basically.
0: And I guess it becomes quite easy when you've already been speaking about it for so long, and and when you are so passionate about this project.
1: Well, yeah, we we kind of know the project. We we love architecture, and you pretty much you are aware of it. We basically are. 100% passionate about it. We just cannot get enough of it. But the most important thing is like we know the project really well. We 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 actually we we were on this project for nine months. We we did a couple of more projects during the Flinders Street competition, which our project manager t- thought we were not, and we probably were. But Flinders Street Station was the main one, and um and we know it into some into some detail that actually was really simple for us to explain it. And it became so easy for us to explain it that uh, it actually reminded us like something, like probably this quote about Albert Einstein, like if you can explain a project or an idea in a really in really simple words, basically you know it, you actually really know about it. And, you know, uh,
0: nine, nine months is a very long time to be working on one project. Um, yes. When, especially when it's a, a competition like this. You know, during semester, students will often, well, I mean, will be working on projects for how many months? Maybe four? Four, months like months? Twelve weeks? Oh, less. I know less. I, I, I know when I was studying, I used to get so sick of my project by the end because it was, because I was just so absorbed in it and there was sort of nothing else and, and I just got so sick of it. What would you, what advice do you have for students now who are just losing enthusiasm, enthusiasm for their projects because they just... They're just getting sick of it.
1: That's a good question. I guess I get a hobby. Like I, I well, well, I could because we were, like we were working really hard on this. We were working seven days, 17 hours, uh, 14 hours, 17 hours a day sometimes, the seven days a week. But we always try to have a little bit of, um, like do something, out, something from the outside. You know, I tend to do a lot of exercise. I, Play the guitar as well so that as well takes my mind off you know trying to do something that actually takes your mind your mind a little bit off what you're doing because your brain is going to get tired and then and and when it starts getting tired your brain is going to start looking for for ways to get out to to get away from it you know it can it, it start actually it can feel the pressure so we did that as well we we did two other competitions in the same time and we did another one afterwards. So that that thing that's will help us.
0: Just doing we, something and, else to take your mind off it.
1: Yeah. And if you do a different project as well, if if you want to still do an architecture, but probably you want to jump into another project as well, doing, doing a side project helps as well. You know, it, it helps like freshen your mind hmm. because what, basically what is... you see like seeing the same project over and over again, you start getting into this cycle, of like this cycle, which actually can be quite dangerous at times.
0: Yeah. Now, what is it about competitions that you love so much?
1: Well, it's basically, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a real life studio, you know? Basically, you're your ideas there and it's your own idea. And there's a big chance in most of them that the project can be done, it's quite fun to do an, a, a, pro, a, a competition itself, but it's really nice when uh, when you find out that actually your ideas they are they are out there and uh, at one point actually they have been recognized by someone. You know they saw, they saw something good in uh, in the in the effort we put into it. So it's quite exciting to do that. Mm. I don't know.
0: Now you're you're just I just love your passion for architecture and design. It's just amazing. It just it just shines through whenever you're talking about it. What what do you love most about being an architect?
1: <laughs> what I, what do I love most about being an architect? Yes. Actually, I like hand drawings. Uh, that's probably one of the things that I can actually get lost when I'm when I'm trying to to design something, come with a new project. Is uh, when um, when it's me with a with a like a, sh- a sheet of paper and I start like drafting something, uh, I can get lost. But that's probably what I love most about what I do. Mm. Second of all, seeing the project done. Like your I have a couple of projects that I'm, they're, like, they're not the prettiest projects, you know, but uh but at the end seeing something that you work really hard with and uh something that you have on your on your drawing table and at the end, you know, you seen get it built is a really really nice experience as well.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. That must be just be so rewarding.
1: Yeah, it's really. It really is. Basically, it
0: is. I had a little. I worked on a, a little um, pergola extension for a school once, and it was just yeah. a really quick thing. And it was one of the very first things I worked on at work. And yeah. I got in SketchUp and I and I modeled up this little thing, and they built it like four weeks later. And I went there and sh- and saw it, and it was amazing. I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. it's like my SketchUp <laughs> model in real life. And yeah, yeah, that was and, the coolest and- thing ever.
1: Yeah, no, it's, that's probably one of the most exciting things you can get as an architect as well. It's like seeing your your product actually being there and, uh, and someone using it. It's probably the best thing there. Like you say, like, this guy is using, using something that uh, a couple of months ago I actually had in my drawing table. He has no idea how much effort I had to put on it actually to come with that idea. That's probably one of the most rewarding things as well in the, in what I do.
0: Mm. All right, Manuel, well, every... um everyone that I interview on this show, I like to play a little game with them. Would you like to play a game okay it's okay it's not it's not it's just a very simple game. It's called the two things. Have you heard of the two things no okay well it's it's based on the idea that for every subject, there are really only two things that you that you really need to know, and everything else is just the application of those things or it's just not important so for example. Uh, the two things about playing guitar: number one, learn the G, D, E minor, C progression, and number two, get a capo.
1: <laughs> okay, if you say so.
0: Would you Would you agree with that, or maybe uh, there's some two other, other we, two things about guitar?
1: For me, actually, like there's a lot of people actually that that they are self-taught and uh they don't know actually about like G or E or. Uh, or like what you said afterwards. Oh, so it's uh, not
0: so it's not that important. Okay.
1: No, actually the first thing when you when you jump into using a guitar is, a you start practicing skills. You know, so you start doing the skills like trying to get uh like trying to not be so rigid with your, especially with your left hand. Okay. Uh, if you if you are actually right-handed with a guitar, so like with your left hand is where you have like you you start like punching the strings. Uh, so you're trying to be more agile with that stuff. And the and, second uh, thing. And the second is actually the way you struck the guitar. You know, ah. that's that's the other thing actually. I think is really important. And I guess the tempo is actually really important there as well. No,
0: that's three. You're only allowed oh. two.
1: Okay, so take the <laughs> t- take the take away the way you struck the guitar and, and put the tempo. Okay, tempo so tempo tempo is really important. Okay,
0: so the first one was the scales.
1: Yeah, scales. Trying Scale. to get, trying to be. Yeah, because it's, it's not worth if you actually know a, a note, but uh, you you still have no, 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 Your hand is still quite rigid and you cannot pull it together. So
0: okay, yeah. but, so scales and tempo. There you go. That's Manuel's top two things about playing guitar.
1: Yeah, that's what I think. You know, I I've, I actually learned by myself. Probably if uh, you 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 talk to a professional instructor, he's gonna tell you something different, and uh, you're gonna come to me and say Manuel is lying. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my point of view.
0: Okay, now the other the other two things I wanted to ask you was what are the two things about architectural competitions?
1: Two things. One, in don't take this literally, okay. please, is uh, don't take too serious the brief. I'm not saying don't read it, I'm saying don't take it too seriously. Don't take it into Every word and uh because it's gonna hold you into about like doing a lot of things we in the old competitions I have done so far i we have broken a lot of rules, and that actually has given us a lot of freedom to do to express ourselves with our with what we want to achieve
0: would you say that that would also apply for uh, a student project so at uni if you're given a brief
1: yeah, uh, I have seen some projects like if you're gonna challenge the brief at uni. You had to justify what you actually challenge it, and and if you have a really good argument, probably probably your tutor and uh, whoever is gonna judge you uh, in the judging panel is gonna agree with you. You know, I have seen a, some projects that are uh, they have they have challenged the brief and uh, they have a really strong argument, and you say, well, this is actually not bad. Like actually, he's right. You know, and uh, the the outcome is quite great. So you had to be really strong in that. Like you must have an argument to do it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. And sorry, the second thing?
1: Give yourself some time to to come up with an idea and then you test it. So okay. it's basically idea, test, then again, and you know, like the architecture process is not like a circle, like a really pure circle is basically like this tangled wire, which basically you just go back and forth. It's basically an idea, you test it, like it, you go back, another idea, test it again, and uh, it's basically that.
0: Okay. So the two things were don't be afraid to challenge the brief. Yeah. And give yourself time to formulate an idea and test it. Yep. Awesome. That's so good.
1: Yeah. And uh like you funny stories as well. You told me like about like an a story about uni.
0: Oh, yes, I did. I meant I did mention to Manuel earlier everyone about how I like to share a story from studio each week. Do you do you have a, do you have a story to share?
1: I have a couple of them. I have one of my own, and I have another one from uh, someone I know. You okay. want to hear them both? Yeah, sure. Okay. So first one actually happens to me on my first semester of in Colombia, which is was 2003, 10 years ago. Wow. Okay. So uh, we, you know, the, like, this is the 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 year we call like the kindergarten in architecture, which you are just starting like to draw. You have uh, you've experimented with colors. And it's basically a kindergarten. I was building a model. We had to present like four models of, uh, for different options of the project. So I was working on this model, which was based on the pixels. So like you can imagine, like I was cutting piece by piece and extruded the facade. And, uh, and I had to build this structure for it, which actually I did it. There was like these uh, aluminum wires itself. So it took me five days, non-s- non-sleeping, to do it. Just to explain the idea. So, okay, uh day before, I, I, the, the day actually I was about to present it, I, I actually got into my car, put the model in there, everything seemed fine, I was heading to, to uni, and uh, this old lady, which was driving quite bad, actually, across across me and so I actually had to hit the brake and uh the first thing I actually saw like in like in really slow motion was my model going forward.
0: Oh no and it hit in the front
1: panel. <laughs> and it completely smashed into in into the front panel and I was like I I had I hadn't slept in five days and then I have <laughs> the thing I worked so hard Smash in the floor of my car so I just like couldn't believe it so anyway I, f- I went with this really sad expression like pop expressions to to my classroom and, my, and, and I just I don't know I don't know how I did actually I just managed to calm down explain the project itself because the idea was good the idea still was really good and uh, I still have like bits of pieces of the model like like one there one there one there so I actually managed to pull it together my Teacher then looked at me and said, "Like, like, don't stress about it more. Like, we like the idea. The idea is really strong. Yes, the idea is really strong. That's what's matter, you know. So, like, don't stress about it. Just keep working, keep working really hard, which I was already. And uh actually, while you think it's gonna be the end of the world, it isn't, you know. At the end, that was pretty much what I got from that experience. The other one is basically from a, it's from a guy from a unit as well in Colombia." You know, at that time we used to do all the drawings by freehand drawings, or like on a drawing table. There was no no use of AutoCAD. All was all was by hand. So there were like countless nights in front of uh, nights in front of the drawing table. Night before the final submission, he had a cup of coffee next to his drawings, and uh, you know you can be kind of goofy when you like when you have no sleep. So accidentally, he slipped the coffee over one of his drawings. And it was the night before.
0: Oh no! So,
1: in, so what? Normally, we, you would do is actually panicking, and you say, "Ah, oh, breaking this, what I'm gonna do?" The guy actually grabbed the other the other he had, and he poured coffee on them, and actually <laughs> make make this thing, make this thing he had like with like of the first drawing that was actually he thought it was much. Actually, he turned it into a layout. And he probably like copying the other drawings actually became the layout of his presentation. That
0: is so and clever. And that was
1: problems solved. And that was actually, you know, like it's never the end of the world. It's always a solution for what you're doing.
0: So turn turn an, an error or a mistake into part of your drawing. There's always a solution. Wow. That's amazing. Mm. What a great story. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for sharing that, Manuel. Oh, it's been so great to chat to you, and it's been it's been awesome hearing about your experiences and your and all and all the tips that you have as well to share. So so thanks so much.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me.
0: And we and we look forward to. Well, I look forward to seeing many more competition wins from you and Eduardo in the future. <laughs>
1: It probably will come in the future for now. We're going to be working for a company and uh, if another competition comes out, we're probably going to be doing it, but uh, just give it time.
0: We'll be seeing your names in lights again. Thank you. You
1: never know. Thanks, Christina.
0: Doesn't Manuel have some awesome stories? I think we can all learn something from what he's shared, especially about not stressing when things go pear-shaped. You know, just just stay calm and take it all in your stride. Anyway, check out the show notes at designdrawspeak.com slash 007, where I'll put a link to the Flinders Street Design Competition website where you can check out Manuel and Eduardo's People's Choice Award winning entry. Now, I've been absolutely stoked to see the number of podcast downloads go up and up and up. Just as of a few days ago, it's clocked up more than 600 downloads in the first uh, six weeks, which makes me rather happy. So thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would absolutely love it if you could leave me an iTunes rating. Just search for Design Draw Speak in iTunes and click on Ratings and Reviews to leave your own. That would be amazing and it would absolutely make my Christmas. Now, I hope you have a safe and delicious festive season. Yeah, we're on holidays. This has been Presentation Skills for Design Students, helping you become a confident, creative communicator.